<laughs> Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. My name is Raul, and here's me with me, my jolly American Billy Polahan. Hello. Oh no, it's Morgan. No, no. I thought you were doing the Morgan. <laughs> well, I mean that time I was, but Morgan would probably kill me or just be like, uh, just be like, now stop it, stop that silly nonsense. My my god awful Morgan Robinson impression. Also, love what you, buddy. What would Nolan say about this moment at this at this exact time? He he'd be like, and uh, apologize for the language, but you know that's just our podcast. Mm-hmm. So fucking awful. <laughs> Why do you just apologize for the podcast? We always have been an R rated show. Yeah, but you never know. I was listening to Force Toast and uh, like early for Force Toast, which is a Star Wars podcast by Laura Kelly and uh, her her co-host Alice told a story about how her brother. I, th- I think it was it was either Laura or Alice. It was bound to be one of them. Uh, they were telling a story of how like their brothers, uh, her younger brother was listening to the podcast and. Um, her mom started playing it in the car because she wanted to listen too, but uh, they they said like fuck like a couple of times, so it was like sorry. Wait, wait, wait! They were listening to our podcast? No, no, no! They were listening to Forced Toast. This was a while oh, okay. ago. Oh, no. Okay, I was like, oh, good. no, my my parents just uh, they they love they love you. Ah, thank you. Also, shout thank out to you, my bit. parents. Thank you, Billy's parents. And my mother really likes you that you know more about movies than me. Yeah, speaking of movies, what are we watching mm-hmm. today? Or what are we reviewing today? Yes, we're watching a... Uh, well, crap. We're going to uh, discuss about uh, uh, Billy's Choice, a musical that came out two years ago. Well, in the U.S., but three years ago it came out in the in Europe. Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh, I am so happy. Yes, this is a weird movie. It has everything. Okay, here's, here's the basic concept. Yes. It is a zombie Christmas musical. Mm-hmm. I'm dead mm-hmm. serious. That's That's the only way to describe it. And those three words together, you think that I am insane. Mm-hmm. But it oddly works really well. Much like Hamilton, which is a historical rap musical about the first Secretary of Treasury. It sounds stupid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Raul, what does this movie have? Uh, this movie has gore. It has musical moments. It has zombie kills. Really good ones. It has an over-the-top villain, the ones that I like. <laughs> it has, it has puns. It has puns, and I'm like, God damn it. Of course, Billy's <laughs> going to brought up the puns. Of course. And, I remember all of them. For me, in my head canon, even the first time I saw it, uh, for me, this feels kind of like a Shaun of the Dead spinoff. I'm pretty sure that these two movies could play off in the same timeline. Yeah, it's funny that you actually mentioned that, because one of the quotes 
on one of the posters says Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land. Scott Mance, I don't know where he's at, but he is probably just going to crash through my wall. <laughs> La La Land! Oh my god! <laughs> Do you know that? But I'm a stone that she's my friend and I have like 20 selfies with her. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah. love Scott, I love Scott Mance, but it was like, he's overhyped love of La La Land is really big. A little well, infectious. <laughs> well, speaking of infectious, now he transferred it over to Parasite. Hey. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Uh, you have to bring a pun, you bastard. Of course. Oh, also, I, I, I'm, I am telling the puns in this movie. There's two, oh really. And then I'll, also, that'll be it. That's my rule. Okay. Nah, that's okay. Uh, one day, one day, the last Jedi jobs will come back. I know that it's only what that scene. I was I'm gonna try to prepare all of the dialogue that I could quote except of that scene because Billy doesn't let me do that scene. Well, it might be sooner than you think. It's not that Ooh. it's a bad scene and I don't like it. I absolutely love it. It's just you do it for everything. Literally everything. And I'm just like, oh my god. It's kill you. Love it. <laughs> Dude. That's the thing. I don't want to do the quotes of Pretty Little Liars because I don't want to ruin, ruin them for you. That's why I was like, I want to find you to watch the show and then I could oh, quote the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, by but the also, way, I, I made a promise to Raul to watch Pretty Little Liars. I'm going to keep that promise, but it's, it's going to be a while because, you know, life. Yeah, also because Billy made me watch a lot of TV shows and I watch all of them. Yes. So, so I do owe him. me one. He yes, owes I do. One. Again, I all might start, of seven seasons all might, of might start sooner than you think. Ooh, yeah. So going back to this movie, this movie it starts with some foreshadowing. Is this virus the coronavirus, Billy? Well, it's a virus. It's it's almost prophetic, though. Yeah. Because especially the first line of the dialogue on the radio was like, if it's kind of like a flu kind of symptom, and then they start to generate to another thing, to another symptom, and I'm like, ooh. So yeah, it starts in. Well, first, this story takes place in Little Haven, Scotland. I don't know if that is a real place. I will ask our friend Nolan, Nolan Dean, if that is a place because he is Scottish. And it has our main character, Anna Shepard, her father, Tony, and her best friend, John. And they're in the car, and they're listening, and like you said, there's some foreshadowing to the apocalypse, and they're just very oblivious to it. And they're just talking, and she's a senior at a primary school. And the dad's just like, oh, I won't be able to, I'll be able to visit you at uni. Uh, university and stuff and she's just like uh yeah i'm uni and john's just like well that might be a while well i'll also visit you but it's gonna be a while because you're gonna have to pay off that ticket and you just see his face he's just like oh no mm -hmm. and he's like w the dad's like what ticket and anna in an awkward car ride that is the opening scene says that she is not going to university at first. She's going to travel for a year and she didn't tell her dad. 
because she knew he wouldn't approve. And it's very awkward. And basically, John just dropped the ball, and you're just like, damn it, John. Damn you, John. So it reveals that Anna, she's going to go to Australia to take a sabbatical. Now I remember the word, because when I was watching the movie last night, I was like, what is that term for when you go to a year without doing, without going to school? I was like, it's a sabbatical. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so she... The father, of course, he's a little disappointed because he wants the, Anna to go to university. I was like, finally, to say the right word. I was like, not to say college like you Americans. <laughs> yeah, we we also don't use the metric system. Metric system is way better. Yeah, that's because you grew up with it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Also, Celsius over Fahrenheit. God, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and then we actually they get into a pretty it's short but very effective fight because we learn from the dialogue that Anna's mother died. And we don't know how or how long it's been, but we just know that it it has an effect on them. And Anna is just like uh I can't wait to be away from you and you know Tony her dad is just like Anna wait and you know he he immediately regrets it. And the very first note that I have is that Anna looks like a combination of Leighton Meester and Blake Lively from Gossip Girl. You know, like the hair of Leighton Meester. She's got a very Blake Lively face. Ooh, that's a really good note. Mm-hmm. But she has Leighton Meester's uh, like cheeks and, and her hair. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, that was unintentionally a joke because I said she has a very Blake Lively face. <sighs> no. I seriously did not mean to do that. No, nothing against her, but I was like, I was always a Blair guy over Serena on Gossip Girl. So I, I get your point. No, no, nothing against it. So then later we get introduced to, I call her Draco, but her name is Steph. She's kind of like a, like kind of reporter, right, from the school? Yep. So we introduced to her, and then she's kind of like looking on her computer that she's going to be alone for Christmas because her parents uh, went to Mexico to take a vacation, and she's going to be totally alone. So she's looking at what to do on Christmas all by herself. Also because, if I remember correctly, also her girlfriend is not around, right, also? Yeah, her girlfriend is not around. We don't know she has a girlfriend until much later, but, I mean, I don't mean to stereotype people, but when you take one look at her, you're just like, yeah. With, like, the short hair, the attitude, like, the whole demeanor. It's very stereotypical, but, it, like, you'll see later on in the movie, she's a very competent character, and she's awesome. Yeah, she's really cool. But I was like, even though it's because of the hair, and I'm like, I put it in my nose. I was like, oh, Draco said this, Draco said that. I was like, nothing against her. I was like, totally support her. I was like, but the hair, it was it reminded me of Draco Malfoy so much. <laughs> oh, I just kept thinking of uh, a very Potter musical, just the Draco Malfoy. Nice. <laughs> Which, if you haven't seen, you're in for a treat because Draco Malfoy is played by a girl. Oh, cool. That's the one we blame, right? Yes, with Darren Chris as Harry. With some awesome hair. Anyway, this is when we get 
Well, actually, before we had like a like a song, just like a regular song that was called. I have the soundtrack right here. Christmas means nothing without you. Mm, okay. Good title. And then we get our first real uh, musical number, which is Breakaway. Because we also get introduced to Anna's friends. Um, Chris, who's he's struggling with a class assignment, which is like a like a video production sort of thing. Uh, yeah, John, we can tell or you know, John has his issues. We'll get into it. Yep. And um, during the song to the bully. Ah, yes, Nick. And he was well. You'll you'll find out soon. But he throws eggs at Steph, or he throws something at Steph. And before that, we get introduced to Mr. Savage, who is the vice principal, soon to be principal of the school, because the principal is retiring. You know, he's only got. He's only got two days left till retirement. And <laughs> this guy is just a dick. Especially to Steph. Oh, my God. Just, he is so controlling. And, like, you know those kind of people always have their... They act like they have a pole up their ass. <laughs> they probably do. And... You know what I'm talking about. Very uptight and controlling. Especially with his evil, hammy voice. I was like, remember, has sanitizer is your friend. Like, I was like, oh, another Corona joke. <laughs> yeah, because there is a pandemic going on. Yeah, there's a pandemic. Mm -hmm. But they don't know how serious it is yet. So, yes, we get Breakaway. And the very first lyrics are, as I wake half dead in the same old bed which is it's supposed to express Anna's apathy towards the town and her desire to leave. Because ultimately, that's her goal. She wants to leave this town. But it also serves as foreshadowing of the zombie apocalypse to come. At the dawn of another day, and the word dead in the first line, along with the word dawn in the third, seems like a nod to dawn of the dead, which is like the most popular uh, zombie franchise of all time. It is the zombie franchise i have never seen the original but i like the size snyder one the, the original is very hard to find mm -hmm. because it well in the u.s it is i don't know why it's just i, I think it's like licensing issues but I, i'm glad you said that about the Zack snyder one because you know me my snyder love is infinite infinite yes and like my like my love to show for Shyamalan. oh yes and then we learn, because of this song, John clearly has a crush on Anna. Like, major crush. The one that I had in high school for another person, which I will not name, because privacy. But yes, there's a line that says, instead of fighting, I've been hiding away, which is foreshadowing to another song called Soldier at War, where the bully accuses John of not being strong and hiding. So that's pretty, pretty smart, pretty slick. And all around, it's just, it's good music. Just the entire movie is great music. It's catchy songs. It's very good lyrics. And that's something that I always try to immediately, you know, 
point out to people? Especially like the movie feels so small, but at the same time it feels big. Like the way that they kind of like they the way that they film it, especially because you only have like four like four settings is the school outside, the bowling alley, and the theater. That's it. Yeah. And I really like the way that it feels really big. I really like the way that it felt kind of like um that like there's some scenes I had like a really good scene of, of just them staring at the burning tree. I was like, there's some really good scenes I had. But I was like, I also I think this is the moment when Steph uh tells the film guy, I forgot I forgot his name, but I call him the film guy. Chris. Yeah, where tells Chris was like, hey, if you wanna he she asked for help like to for an assignment because she wants to kind of like do kind of like a report against Mr. Savage because she totally wants to destroy him because Mr. Savage is bully Steph a lot. And then I think this is the start of there's not a such thing as a Hollywood ending, right? Yeah, and before that, during the lunch, we we see Chris's girlfriend, uh, Lisa, who is, she's very, very touchy, very passionate about her things. And she's going to perform a number in the show. We also see two people in penguin outfits, Mm -hmm. which, oh my God, that's hilarious. Later on in the movie. And before the song, we learned that, well, Nick is just making eyes. The bully guy is making eyes at Anna because it turns out that they had a one night stand and he's not letting her forget it and she's just like leave me alone mm-hmm. and it clearly upsets John as well and she constantly calls John her best friend so you know twisting the knife yeah uh, that poor guy <laughs> poor John yeah and so oh, also another line that I skipped I was like before the song uh, Mr. Savage says to Anna, I was like, after your father finishes with the lights, he will clean the toilets. And Anna said, was like, that's not his job. And Mr. Savage says, was like, that will be soon. I was like, damn, Mr. Savage really, Mr. Savage like really hates everyone. He hates, she, he hates all of the kids. That's the thing. There was not a single kid that liked him. That's the thing that I like though, because you always know, like when you always have like an evil principle, there's always a stupid kid that worships the evil principle, but in this movie there was no, there was none. Yeah, but there's also like six main characters. Oh, that's true. And no, nobody likes Savage, which is in its in and of itself Savage. <laughs> He's Savage. <laughs> Savage. Savage. It's a Star Wars thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and then, um, and then we start the song. There's no such thing as a Hollywood ending. Ooh. Which is the big, like, you know, it's the my shot in Hamilton. Yes. Or the you will be found in Dear or waving through a window from Dear Evan Hansen. It's the big song that most people would know about if they know about this movie. Also, because it has the standard in musicals of like lifting your arms in the air. (laughs) That's a poster shot. That's the poster shot of the movie. But yeah, like uh, it's a really good song because especially it says about like love is not like in the movies or books, and like the and especially because they go back it was like there's such a thing as a Hollywood ending and like everybody gets to sing a part of it, especially also Mr. Savage at the end. And so 
It's kind of like also foreshadowing. I love that yes. part too. It's kind of like a also a little foreshadowing what's gonna happen at the end of the movie. Yeah, I have some notes from Genius Lyrics, which is uh when he says the line this isn't Disney, he actually says this is Nate Disney because he's Scottish. <laughs> and it's actually it creates an, a clever internal rhyme. And it's I'm starting to realize sometimes the nice guys don't always get the girl. So if it wasn't clear before, he has unrequited feelings for Anna, but he knows that he will likely not end up with her. But you know, that's kind of bold. And the main chorus is because no one ever tells you when you're young. Love's not like the books, the films or the songs. We've been living in a lie for far too long and we're tired of pretending there's no such thing as a Hollywood ending. I mean, that is, that's the entire movie. Yeah, it's the whole movie in one song, technically. Yeah, I love the fact that this movie tells you straight up, you know, this is not your typical zombie cliche. Like, it's not going to have a typical happy ending. And there's another part of the song where uh, Chris and Lisa, and before this, they were just making out like crazy, like for far too long that made everybody uncomfortable. And Lisa says a line that says, I want a love never ending. It's not belief I'm suspending. I'll get my Hollywood ending, which is very clever foreshadowing to what happens later in the movie. Yeah. And I I also love that they use the cafeteria. Just it's, it reminded me of high school musical a little bit. That's true. It's a it's a smaller you know with the a ba- smaller cafeteria compared to the biggest cafeteria from High School Musical, and that makes it so much better because it feels more realistic that way. I mean, there's no people doing flips or anything. Maybe there is, but most of the time it's just people, uh, white people yeah, dancing, true. banging their fists against the table, using the trays, all that sort of stuff. It's it's very it, it's smaller, but it's more impactful. Yeah. That's the thing. That, like the choreography is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, because you really think about it, there's only like what, like eight characters in the movie? Technically, like eight or nine. It's a really small, it's a small, like cast of characters because it's like it's Anna, John, Nick, uh, the film guy, the horny girl, Mister Savage, the father, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, well, and Steph, and Steph. Yeah, and that's that's the main characters. The other ones are like just people on the background. Yep, and that's actually the next song that plays, but that's just part of the the talent show or the holiday show that they put on later the day or at night. And also, when Anna's leaving school, there's a scene with her and Steph. Steph can't get into her car, and she's getting laughed at and all that stuff. It's clear that she doesn't have any friends. And she tried to, you know, make a joke and fit in a little bit before. But she just, you know, it didn't land and she just quietly walks away. That felt real. Yeah, also because Steph said, it was like, like, um, Anna says kind of like something that, that, then I forgot what she said, but technically, um, technically Anna says something. Then Steph was like, yeah, yeah, it's so easy for you. Is it especially because you have everything? But then, oh, but you don't have a mother that criticizes you like mine. And, oh, that's kind of like a, another kind of like reveal part that that's when I noticed that, she, that the mother was not there. That was the moment I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that Anna's mother is not on the scene. 
It's not all. It's not. It's not a part of the story. I'm just glad that Anna just didn't go. I didn't. I don't have a mother. My mother is <laughs> dead because such and such, and nothing but expository dialogue. They made it clear, mm-hmm. like towards the beginning of the movie. I'm pretty sure it would have been super. Like uh, it would have been the line was like, "Yeah, my mother just died two months ago of the mysterious flu that is happening around. That is fake news." <laughs> this is katana. <laughs> It's that kind of, it, it would have been that, but it's not, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> so Anna and John are working in the bowling alley, or at the local bowling alley, so that's why they're not at the at the Christmas show. Chris and Steph have gone to a homeless shelter to film for Steph's story, which is about, like, you know, uh, social injustice mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Of course. And homeless. Uh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Before that, Anna, when she's walking away, she accidentally bumps into a person. She's like, oh, sorry. It turns out it's a zombie. And nobody noticed it. (laughs) But it seems like the infection just sort of spread pretty quickly Mm -hmm. during the night. And um, during the talent show with the horny Santa song, which is called... We're going to edit this out. It's that time of year, which is essentially just a Santa fuck me song. There's like dudes and there's shirtless dudes in lederhosen. And it's it's very inappropriate for a school. And one of the ladies was like, my my chimney needs some unblocking. I was like, Damn, let me sit on your lap. Santa. And I just love that the retiring principal is just bouncing along. He's just so happy. He doesn't seem to care or know. And Savage is just like, I'm going to shut it down. <laughs> but before he could, um, you hear some uh, banging on the door. And he's just like, oi! <laughs> Quiet! And of course, it's not, because we know what that banging is. And then one of the last lyrics of, this, of the horny song was like, she's like, come on, Santa, give it to me. And I'm like, damn. Honestly, I thought because they were focusing a lot on the dress that she had only one kind of like one side like cover and it's one of those kind of dresses the way that it's cut. I thought that the, the thing was going to break and she was going to show her boobs, but it didn't happen. Thankfully, was, it did not happen. And then I was like, huh, I don't know why. I thought that that was going to be the payoff to like to all of that the horny song. Yeah, and this is where um, I like the moments between Anna and John just because it shows that they have a genuine friendship. Mm-hmm. And they're just working a bowling alley with this uptight cleaning lady and these just these drunken dudes on Christmas Eve or whatever. And we see them like Anna uses the broom to slap shot a, a pair of shoes or one of the shoes into a trash can. And John tries to do it, and he ends up, uh, or he, he tries to throw it blindfolded, and it hits the lady in the head. <laughs> and then it's just them talking in the snow, and there's a joke, uh, because th- there's a there's a joke where they can't name all of Santa's reindeer. And he's just like... Yeah, a joke that is going to pay off later. And he's just like, uh, yeah, there's also Olive... All of the other reindeer <laughs> used to laugh and call him names. Olive was a Olive was a dick, <laughs> and he he just gives like the the Nala Doomy eyes. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh. Her, I'm just like, oh, buddy, I've been there. We've all been there at some point. Yeah, I feel so bad for John. And I was like, that poor guy. He's gonna because he's a nice guy. Like I know that sounds like stereotypical, but he's he's just a goofy, good-natured dude. And Anna is just like just a regular, competent girl. Very smart girl too, as you'll see later. Yeah, especially because he's also like a nerdy guy. Like, I know, like, the make a joke was like, oh, who do you think that was happening to Robert Downey? You know, do you think that he's a zombie? They're like, no, I'm pretty sure that he's kind of like a, on a pool with a lot of babes, just women and money uh, around. He's got like a bazillion dollars. Yes. He's fine. He's fine. I keep, I, I keep forgetting that they're Scottish as well. You don't really tend to uh, care just, uh, until they until they mispronounce uh, certain words. We just love our Scottish audience because of your accent. I you mean, our one Scottish listener. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's just like, uh, oh, fucking Americans. <laughs> hey, hey, we have a a ten percent of our audience is in Australia, so we cannot lose those. <laughs> yeah, gotta appease the international audience. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we we're cannot we cannot review Australia by Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman though. I mean we could, because it's made by an Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think this the 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 next scene is the next day, right? When we see Anna walking around with another song and she doesn't notice all of the zombies on the background. Yeah. Well, first I like her penguin PJs. They look they look comfy. And she just goes. Uh, I think she goes, oh, wank. <laughs> and, you know, because she's going to be late for school. Yep. And then we cut to turning my life around, which is a fun little bop between uh, her and eventually John. And in the background, you see just the apocalypse happening. Yeah, especially I really like, uh, I even told Billy before we started recording, I really like the way that it's framed. You see Anna, she's like a, and like, I'm going to turn my life around. And then she, you see all of the people like, I was like, help me. And then she's because she's on headphones. She doesn't listen to anything that's happening outside. Like people killing, like zombies killing another, other people, people screaming. And she's like, ah, I just, she just keeps, it keeps on going. It reminded me a lot of Shaun of the Dead where you see, um, uh, Damn it, I forgot the name of the character. But you see Simon Pegg just walking through the streets. He gets to get... You mean Sean? Yeah, Sean, thank you. <laughs> you see Sean just... The, the name Sean of the Dead. <laughs> like, a, why are you watching Sean of the Dead? <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. Sean. No, I mean, I'm sorry. No, and he gets the... <laughs> oh, he gets the legendary Cornero. Uh, the 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 cornero and that he doesn't notice like all of the store like covering blood and he just walks back to the apartment unharmed and I really like the way that nod in that song in the scene. Yeah, it's very much like Shaun of the Dead. And there's some lyrics to break down or yeah, there's in verse two it's I'm waking, spent too long playing dead, which is a direct reference to how zombies come back, you know, they're dead and then they rise. Um, there's a bridge between Anna and John and one of them is everybody's dying here, <laughs> which ironically people are getting attacked by zombies right by Anna, behind Anna while she's singing this and her and John have no idea what's going on. Yep. Also, they got super lucky that no one attacked them. <laughs> and 
Yeah, and so at the end they meet up. That's that's where with the creepy snowman, right? Um, almost. There's also one more line, which is "Live for today, because you might be dead come tomorrow." Foreshadowing. Ooh. Subtle. Nice. You know, then we get just this person in a zombie, in a zombie costume, that just plops, and or not a zombie costume, a snowman costume mm-hmm. that just plops right in front of them and it's a zombie and they're both just like uh, John's scream is also fantastic. Yep. And Anna's just like, bring him over here by the seesaw. And he's just like, are you crazy? She uses the seesaw, boom, to lop his head right off. You know. Oh, it's really cool. Oh, it's so, it's so cool. And it's practical effects as well. Mm-hmm. Which I really appreciate when they use practical effects in horror movies you know this isn't really a horror movie but it has horror elements to it and then they notice they're like oh there's no signal we can't call anybody and my dad didn't come back from the show last night and he's and then john's like yeah my mom didn't either and he's john is just like uh it's zombies like i just can't believe it And, and it's just shut up (laughs) <laughs> he's just like hey maybe things are better downtown immediately cuts to them watching a burning christmas tree and yes. then don is eating a banana <laughs> he just goes potassium yeah like you you need to have your energy during the apocalypse i just kept going every time i'm like this is me yeah this is so me yeah that's totally billy well, high school me. Yeah, so the following scene is that Anna and John go back to the bowling alley because they think that maybe there's still internet, uh, wire internet, like the old-fashioned one, not like kind of like getting from a phone signal. Yeah, and they also realize that it's probably too dangerous to go back to their home or the school. So really, that's the only way that that's where they go. Yeah, so they get into the bowling alley and they see that Steph and the film guy we're also there at the bowling alley, and they just start start discussing what's, what they're going to do. And I read like a joke that also felt a little topical. Like uh, it said, look, uh, look up uh, hashtag Eva, Eva selfie, and you see all of the people just taking selfies with zombies. Now I'm like, that would totally, that would totally happen. Yeah. Instead, I was like, oh, we deserve to be a stint. And I was like, yes, girl. Yes, we are. I'm pretty sure. Yes, Draco. Yes, Draco. Because you know, if that will happen, you will see people dancing around zombies on TikTok if this was real. Well, this is also cut with what's happening at the school, which is we, we also forgot to introduce Chris's grandma. She was there just to support him as well. And uh, yeah, during that per- that saucy performance, she <laughs> was just giving thumbs up and she had a seat reserved reserved for for chris as well he didn't make it because you know zombies and uh there's a joke between chris and uh john i I love that they're bros too and he's just like uh sorry but anna's in egypt right now because she's so in denial oh my god (laughs) god damn it I was just like, oh, that's a great one. I got to use it. <laughs> oh, man. And the girls are just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> they're they're very much like how you are reacting right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I have known Billy for five years. Billy 
is the pun master. Damn right. I like uh, right now, he really, really, really fucking loves puns. I well, and just dad jokes in general. I've perfected my craft. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a gift. <laughs> like a, like a, like Christmas. It's a gift. I feel so bad for your children. <laughs> Oh my Who God. says I'm gonna have children? Oh, oh, ah! Oh, your parents are gonna be so mad. Eh, only if they listen to it. <laughs> or, and also, I just told, I told them I'm, I might not have kids. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, that was a big detour. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're this is just an entire uh podcast of tangents that we're trying to keep streamlined that's the thing um, we haven't done a lot of tangents in a while in a while this feels kind of like the first episodes yeah because i because i've kept us on track yeah, that's sir. why <laughs> well if we went on tangents for everything every podcast would be four oh, hours long yes you know that you know that the last jedi one is gonna be like five hours <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they they know about the apocalypse and stuff because Steph has her computer with her as well. And she finds out that an army evac is coming to the school because they're they established that there's an army base literally next door to the school. So they plan to go there once it's safe, but then Anna and Steph find the the cleaning lady. And Steph kills her with a with a toilet seat. Just smashes her head in with a toilet seat. You know, after a little bit of a struggle, but then it also alerts the uh, the drunken bowlers from before, and they all kill them with various items like a bowling pin, uh, a mop. My favorite is the spatula, like the plastic spatula that's shoved in. No, my favorite is Steph. I think it was Steph or John. Like they kill a zombie between two bowling balls. Oh yeah, that was cool. And I love that John is just like, "What do I do?" And I'm like, "Really, dude? You're the nerdy one." But then Chris is just like, "Just go for the brain," and it works. <laughs> yeah, you have to go by the rules. And we also see that John is very, very timid during this. He's he's not so gung ho because he's a sensitive guy. Poor little guy. Little, he's taller than Anna. Oh, huh. uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so the next scene you see, uh, they come back to the school. Oh, no, we get, we get, we get another number as well. Uh, human, human voice. Which I'm going to break down those lyrics if they have them. Because that's when the bass, the bass explodes, right? Yeah. And it's just all of them. You know, it's very, it's very topical because everyone's quarantining. And the chorus is, I need a human voice, something that I can hold on to, and all this static noise, I need someone to break on through. Ah, uh, yeah, it's pretty topical. And I was just like, yeah, if this isn't the 2020 theme song, I don't know what is. We're 40 minutes in, and we're only like half an hour into this movie. Yes, because we... Maybe. It's all of your fault because you were on tangents. <laughs> well... You know, this is a great movie to go on tangents with then. That's true. There's a lot of distractions in this movie. Oh, yeah. And there's a ball pit. I forgot. They they sleep in a ball pit. Yes. 
especially also because they bring up like a little joke that there's a zombie Justin Bieber already <laughs> online. Yeah, and the way they wake up is like, you know, zombies coming out of the grave. I love the conversation between Chris and John about who is a zombie and who isn't. And he brings and Chris brings up Taylor Swift and he's just like, hey, no, Taylor's fine. Tay Tay He's like, Tay Tay is fine. It's like The Justin Bieber one, I felt like, oh man, that joke would have worked in two thousand twelve. But you know, better late than ever, I guess. What would have been for two thousand seventeen? I was like, well, a Rihanna zombie, maybe? I think they actually bring up Rihanna later. Uh, uh, oh, fuck Mary, yeah. yeah, fuck Mary Kill. Yeah, With, uh, like a fuck Mary Kill, Beyonce, no, Rihanna, no, and no, I forget the other zombie one. Rihanna, zombie Beyonce, and uh, shit, I forget the last one. <laughs> but yeah, but they're like, oh yeah, look outside, all the army guys are zombies, and so the evacuation failed because in zombie. You know, to every zombie scenario, the army will fail. Especially if it's in a city. Don't ever go to a city or hope that the army will fix everything because they will not. So they're like, how are we going to get past it? And then Or don't wait for a Matthew Fox to rescue you like in World War C and leaves, it leaves everyone behind. <laughs> or as I call that movie, Wasted Potential. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have the book and I've read it. A number of times they they could have made it into an awesome HBO series. Nice. Anyway, Chris is just like I got an idea. So they all just go under, or they they flip the the plastic pool around and crawl because they notice that the zombies can't if they don't see them, then they won't pay him any mind. Which actually does come later in the movie, and yeah, Chris is just like, um, they they have to stop because they hear zombies, and then it, it turns out it's old people, and one of them sits on Steph's head and pees on her. <laughs> it's disgusting, and they're just like, "Well, it's plastic," and she's just like, "Yeah, well, it's really warm plastic," and I was just like, "Ugh." And then we get a legless zombie who notices them because you know they peeked out from underneath and is coming towards them, and they're all just like, "Oh shit!" They can't move because Steph is pinned. And then we hear, you know, uh, the fuck boys, as I call them. Ah, yes. Well, really, just Nick and his group of cronies mm -hmm. and they're just killing zombies left and right and it's pretty cool oh, oh no the way that they kill one zombie with a ps4 controller is pretty cool it's very creative ways of taking out zombies yeah especially later with anna with the cane with the candy cane the the signature cane that is on the poster and everything by the way they're they're all in their uh school uniforms apparently the crop tops and short shorts seen in the movie were inspired by mm -hmm. sleepaway camp and you know all there's a lot of nods to night of the living dead evil dead Shaun of the dead and you know, a, a bunch of stuff and uh, other films like rocky horror breakfast club buffy the, the buffy musical episode the west side story which are all great movies and 
experiences, if you know what Rocky Horror is. This is where we get just Nick is all gung-ho, and he's just like, oh, hey, John, what's up? And you can clearly see that they don't like each other. And he's just like, ah, come on, you pussy. Kill some zombies, and he like leads one of them towards him. John doesn't have a weapon either, so even if he did, it was just like total dick move. And then we get uh, the song Soldier at Soldier of War, which is Nick and his whole thing. Or no, Soldier at War. And it, it kicks ass. Yeah, I was like, it says, time for a hero to step into the fire. I'm a soldier at war. I will fight for you. And, and he even does the hand of the air also as well when they kill all, all of the zombies. And it makes sense because it turns out that he's an army brat. His dad... They, they reveal that his dad went to the army base and it's assumed that it's because his dad is a military dad. Makes a lot of sense why he would just brush off things with sarcasm and uh, just being Yeah, mean. also just a, a little thing with Mr. Savage that we skip like um, we see the, the horny girl, I forgot her name she says that the, the old woman that she's getting, uh, she's a little like delicate because she has a, a heart condition and she said, I was like, Mr. Savage, what do we do? Like, what, what, what are we going to do? And Mr. Savage was like, look around me, Snow. What do you see? I see civilization at the edge. What does a civilization do? What finds when he finds himself in the edge? And the girl said, I was like, we help each other. Was like, and he's like, we prioritize. I was like, damn. I was like, is Mr. Savage going to start killing some people or eating some people? You know. Maybe, maybe not. They go through this barn, I think. Or it's like where they sell Christmas trees. Yeah, it's kind of like a tree emporium. Yeah, and also during this time, we see that Anna tells John that she still plans to go traveling in spite of everything. Which is, again, very topical. It's really, really good eerie how similar you can put this with the entire year of 2020 and the yep. uh, COVID-19 pandemic and also at the same time Anna friendzones John completely yeah but he knew that and also I was gonna bring up, brought up that word that John is the word of 2020 for that kind of John character what simp yeah that John is a total simp for, for Anna yeah Oh my god, he's a total simp. But I also love the fact that in the entirety of the movie, he does not actually outright say "I love you" yeah, that's true. or anything. It's just all—it's all just implied. Like he knows that she's smart enough to pick up on it, but she just politely is just like, "Oh, that's okay." And we saw, you know, Hollywood ending. He knew that it wasn't going to happen. Yep. But it doesn't it doesn't matter. He prioritized the friendship and the actual relationship that they have over what he wanted. Which I think that's that's really good. Cause in a lot of movies and stuff, guys don't do that. And a lot of in real life actually, a lot of people don't do that. Yeah, that's true. It damages whatever friendships they have. And then through this tree emporium. They are ambushed by zombies, which kill all of Nick's friends, and it's it reminds me a lot of uh, like the Lost World, yes. Jurassic Park, yes. or Jurassic World. You know, like with the raptors in the tall grass. Yes, I really like that scene. Or it's it's pretty dope. 
And then they escape, and John is once again, him and Anna are having some fun, and he names all the reindeer, opens his arms, and then immediately a zombie comes and bites the shit out of it. So John is bit. Yep, he's bitten because of his trivia knowledge. <laughs> yes, but to be fair, I mean, it looked like they were in the clear, but just never assume you are in the clear. Yep. But everybody gets across because, you know, they, they have their weapons, including Anna with her candy cane, her, her pointed candy cane and, and everything. And John does the best thing that he could have done to get Anna to safety because she's the last one, of course. And he just gives her a look and she's just like, no, no, she's trying to hold on and everything. And he just straight up he pushes her out of the way and he gets overrun by zombies because i guess they wanted to finish the job and so john is dead yeah so it it, it wasn't like in supernatural he didn't say i love you and anna didn't say anything and he just died <laughs> i really love that it subverted expectations because yes. typically in these movies you know the nice guy would survive and get the girl but yeah, again, there's true. no such thing as a Hollywood ending. Yeah, that's true. Actually, pretty emotional as well because we've spent a great, a, a good amount of time with John, so we actually care. Yeah, that's true. It, it was a little heartbroken, especially because it would have been a little like if you want to kind of like make it predictable. I think the bully would have died in that scene instead of of instead of John. Yeah, and he uses himself also it distracts all the other zombies that they can't get so they reach the school and it turns out that you know oh the school is very quiet because uh savage let the zombies in mm -hmm. as a last last ditch effort to maintain his control and he basically corralled everybody into the cafeteria and set out the zombies and made them like lambs to the slaughter. Mm -hmm. So pretty much everybody is a zombie now. Uh, not everybody, of course, but then, then we get his uh, terrible song and it's only terrible because uh, the actor cannot sing. No, but it's an, it's, it's a really bad song, but at the same time, I was like, it's really like, uh, like the way that he, he's trying to do it, but it's also really funny. And you it's it's very funny and corny. And also, you can notice that the actor was kind of like enjoying it. Oh my god, he's hamming it up. Yes, yeah, he's like uh, he says, "Nothing's gonna stop me now." Always, like he always says, always tweeting, texting, everything in your fucking minds. I was like, and I even put, I was like, this guy is totally chewing the scenery in this moment, as we chewing it like a zombie on yeah, flesh. As we see the kids kind of like trying to survive in the cafeteria. They get away. Also, I think that we skip when John sacrificed himself. Anna starts killing some zombies with the cane. So the cane is already like used, like he's used up. It's yeah, she goes nuts. Yeah, she goes nuts. And, you know, Nick has to pull her away and all that stuff. Then they split up to search for their loved ones because that's why they're there. So Anna and Nick go to look for Anna's father. And Steph and Chris look for, you know, Chris's family. And, oh, and Steph's car. Yes. Uh, her keys because um, Savage confiscated her keys in the beginning of the movie and that's why she couldn't get into her car so they split off and then we get um, some character development between Anna and Nick and it 
it's revealed that Nick, um, his dad asked him to kill him after he was bit. You know, that's pretty effed up. But it's, I mean, it's understandable at that time, but to have your own son kill you and having to go through with it, even if you know that he's not going to make it, he's going to become something else, that's still, that's a lot to put on a teenager. That's a lot to put on anybody. Yep. And then the following scene. Oh, yeah. Also, the following line is like a wicked reveal that um, Nick and Anna were were a couple in the past. Yeah. And she's just like, I didn't care about the sex. I just I cared that you cared about me and you opened up to me and you act like none of that mattered. And he's just like sort of in disbelief because he thought it was just about like the sex and stuff. Clearly, it meant nothing to him, but it meant a lot to her because, you know, you know, it's a relationship. She she kind of cared about yep. him. I mean, not in the way like she cared about John, which is just like her best friend and essentially like a brother, because that's a different kind of love. It's it's actually it's more romantic love. Yep. And I'm actually really glad that there wasn't a forced love triangle. Thank God. I hate love triangles so much. I do like the drama of love triangles, but they, yeah, this movie didn't need a love triangle. Yeah, it didn't need it. It does not work for this movie. I think the following scene is when uh, Steph gets her keys, but then... Uh, yeah, and um, also... Oh, no, this is when Nick distracts all the zombies because they're in the biology room, and it's a it's a very small room. Well, it's a new setting as well, but there's going to be clearly too many of them, so Nick distracts them all so Anna can get away. And then we cut to um, Steph trying to get her keys with Chris, but Chris finds his girlfriend and his grandmother, but it turned out that the grandma was just the sweet little thing. She she died of a heart attack. You know, we see his girlfriend just crying and Chris is just sort of like in disbelief because, you know, he he lost his grandma. And I also like the fact I was I was waiting for the grandma to come back yep. as a zombie. I was really expecting that, but I'm glad it didn't happen because, you know, that would have been just too mean and cliched. Yeah, it would have been unpredictable. It would have ruined the emotional impact that it would have. And I, I also put on my notes, the fuckboy Nick has layers. Ooh, I, I forgot another note. Uh, John's sweaters. I totally forgot about his awesome uh, light-up sweaters. Oh, yeah. He's like a nerdy, kind of like a nerdy Christmas sweaters. And that, personally, I under, um during Breakaway, that's a song that really hits home because we all have that feeling of being feeling trapped, you know, wanting to leave, break away and find our own, uh, you know, destiny and way in this world. I don't know. That really, that really spoke to me. Yeah, like uh, the song that spoke to me is there's no such thing as a Hollywood ending because it's a thing that you have to learn that is ne- that's not a, especially because the song says it clearly like uh, uh, you can never fantasize about a, a the the thing that you want because it's always gonna be uh, there's gonna be something against it or it's not gonna be the same. It's gonna subvert your expectations. So that's that's why I like that song a lot. It, that's the one that hit me the hit me the most. So then we get this really awesome tense scene where Steph, Chris, and uh, Lisa they find the car keys, but they're in Savage's office. The only way to get through the office is get through the the main corridor, and that's where all the zombies are. 
they got to be very, very quiet because also if they don't see you and hear you, they won't care. So they, they end up uh, turning the power off because they, they can't see if in the dark. And we see that Steph gets the keys just in time before some zombies find uh, Lisa, I think. Yeah, yeah, and they bite her, and she's a goner. <sighs> and then Chris also gets bit at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I love that they both just they look at each other, you know, because they're very, very in love. Yes. Like, way too much. It's it's like uh, it's like Morticia and Gomez kind yeah. of PDA, all that sort of love. But that's actually really sweet. Yeah, because uh, Gomez and Morticia have like the healthiest relationship in the world. Yes. And honestly, let's let's be honest. We all want a relationship like that. Mm-hmm. It's very passionate and loving, and it's never dull. It's pretty surpriseful. Yeah. It, it keeps you on edge. I was like, uh, and that's what the thing. I was like, I ship those two very much. And that's the thing. Like, this is my second time watching. I was like, oh, it hit me so hard. I was like, I I was rooting for them. I was like, I just wanted those two to survive. I was like, damn you, movie. I was like, uh, I would feel really bad for I really like those two characters a lot. Also, a thing that it didn't happen. And I'm glad that it didn't happen, but I thought that maybe they were gonna because they were so horny for each other. I thought they were gonna see them as zombies making out. I thought that that was gonna happen, but it didn't. And before they, before uh, Steph runs off, they look at her, and then they just start crying because they know that they're gonna die any minute because the the infection doesn't immediately happen. It's not like immediate. Yep. And they have some time to, you know. Uh, be with each other and oh yeah and the film guy connected uh the cell phone to the tv yeah and the zombies were distracted with watching the video also there's a tv in the school that's just like right there it's it's almost i thought they were at like an old folks home for a second but i'm i'm, I'm glad that he you know again distracting the zombies that's the second time or third time actually this has happened that a guy in this group of characters has distracted a zombie with something whether it's with themselves or with noise or in this case uh video footage and he finally you know he completed that assignment because it looks nice and then we get the climactic showdown because uh anna finds savage in the auditorium and he's using her dad as bait for the zombies. So they all are in Really there. dramatic. Very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get the number, give them a show. Which is uh, Anna and Mr. Savage. And I must point out that Anna has a great voice. Ella Hunt in this movie, fantastic. I hope she's like very well known. I hope she's well known because she's she's pretty. She's got a great accent. She acts the hell out of this movie. You know, this silly zombie Christmas movie, silly zombie Christmas musical. Anna ends up getting to the stage, you know, savagely killing a bunch of zombies and she saves her dad. And 
I love that, you know, they're hugging and everything, and Savage tries to do it for whatever reason. And the dad just like socks him in the face and they start fighting. And during this, the big star on the stage, which was chapin towards the beginning of the movie that the star it was faulty and it like swung down like a pendulum. First time Savage got out of the way because he knew it was coming. And but this time the star comes and it hits him square in the body. And and also below the stage is just this huge crowd of this pretty decent sized crowd of zombies. And it knocks him right into that uh, mosh pit and starts just eating him. And, you know, he's just sort of like psychotically enjoying it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then this is where the movie just it's like it hits you right in the gut. Ah, yes. Because it showed that like for as little screen time that he had, Anna's dad it was shown he was a he was a very kind, understanding guy. Or he he's eventually understanding. He he knows why she did it. He's just scared because he didn't want to lose her. But it turns out he was bit too. And Anna's just crying. And it turns out Nick survived as well. And we just get this really emotional goodbye. And it's very well done, very well executed. The last big number, which is I Will Believe is a song by Anna and her dad. And I thought, man, if it just ended there there, with uh, Nick and Anna, they're outside the school because, you know, the dad stays there because he's going to turn. And he just, as he's, tur- before he starts turning, the last thing he looks at is the pic- his home screen on his phone, which is of Anna. So he wants that to be the last thing that he sees. And I thought that was very sweet and almost brought a tear to my eye. And then and then we see um we see Anna and Nang like almost like getting ready to die around a lot of zombies. Yeah, like 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 a last stand yeah. sort of thing, because they're getting surrounded. Yeah. And so and then Steph shows up in, in her car. And I really like the way that they do a fast edit of her, like starting the car, and it felt pretty, it pretty, it felt pretty Edgar Wright in that moment. And so she saves them, and she's like, "Come on, let's go, let's go!" And so they get inside the car, and we see them just driving around, and they're just in silence, and you can just hear, like, I "Was like, there's no such thing as a Hollywood ending." Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I think Nick is the, the the last one that has a line, right? I think he says, what do we do now, right? So. He says, what do we do now, right? Yep. And then it just shows them leaving Little Haven. So Anna, I guess they're all going to travel together. To where? Uh, where Anna wanted to go at the beginning of the movie? Australia first. I suppose. And yeah, then it ends. So it's a very, very bittersweet but I really liked it for that reason. It subverted the expectations in a good way. It, it didn't just subvert expectations just to, you know, do it. And th- there was a reason for it, and it fit with the tone of the movie. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think that this concept would work at all, but it's got so much heart. And 
just the look of it is so crisp and clear and it's shot like it makes it feel so much bigger than it actually is. I just really like the acting as well. Like all all of these people are mostly unknown. The only one that really had any credits were uh the dad and Savage. Savage was um on Game of Thrones. He was Thoros of Mir, you know the guy with the uh the, the priest with the bun, the man bun. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's him. That's why he looked familiar. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. I was just like, where had I seen this guy before? Uh, yeah. Uh, I know I have seen the dad before in something. Wasn't he a Doctor Who? Let me look. I'm sure that he was. Every British actor has been on Doctor Who. He looks kind of like a tenon, like a tenon like um episode maybe. Yeah, he was. Uh, tenon. He uh Eccleston actually. It was the very oh, first ep- it was the first wait. episode of the of the reboot. Oh, I thought I thought it was gonna be revealed that he was the far one of the farting aliens from season one. Oh god, no. <laughs> I really no, like the but, farting um, aliens. <laughs> okay, he's mostly known for these English programs, early doors, northern lights, Barbara, a lot of um one called Waterloo Road. Just a lot of British soaps, it seems. So he, he's got some good credits to him. And that's the movie. So what do you think? There's a lot of things that I like about this movie. There's some things that I don't like. Like, uh, for example, like um, I was shipping those two a lot. The horny girl and the film guy. And I really, liked it. I really didn't like that they didn't survive. But I know that it was about the tone of the movie. Because it was kind of, it was a play on zombie. A zombie musical. It was a play on zombie movies, and um, there's some songs that I don't like, but I, I was like, not like a, like, it's not like a, oh my God, like I hate them. I was like, they're like, they're okay, but like the song that I will always remember is There's No Such Thing as a Hollywood Ending, because that's the song that hit me really hard. Also, I really like the acting, as, as you said. I like the kills, I like the gore, but I think I needed this movie to have like a, for me, another memorable song for me, in my opinion. I disagree. I tend to like, uh, I, I liked most of the songs in this movie as well. Very few that I did not care for. I think there's, they're, they're pretty memorable for me. Just like they, they all have very good, uh, beats to them and they're sung really well. Yeah. I'm going to build off that. I think that, you know, the characters, the setting, the actual story, the music. Everything in this movie works for me to an absurd level. I did not think I would ever enjoy. And I saw this in a theater by myself. Yep. I literally was just at the movie theater one day because I got off work early and I was just like, I, I'm going to watch a movie. And I just saw this uh, quick ad for or this screening for Anna and the Apocalypse. And I was just like, oh, okay, that looks fun. And so I saw it. And then, you know, the rest is history. Now I can't stop sh- uh, talking about this movie. And it's really sad because it was really the only week that was in theaters because this movie did not make a lot of money. Yeah, even here in LA, it was only here for like two weeks. Yes, it made $670,430. So not even a million. Oh, barely half a million. 
I mean, box office doesn't determine quality. Yeah, especially because it's pretty cool that Prime got it. I'm pretty sure that this one is going to get a lot of views and maybe it's going to be remembered in like five or ten years. It's going to be rediscovered. Oh, it's already remembered. I know a lot of people that love, love this movie. Looking at you, Pardis and BCD. <laughs> yeah, and also, don't think that I don't like this movie. I really like it. Like, uh, if I would have to give it a rating, I would give it an eight. But it's, it's maybe I will need to see it again, maybe like a one or two more times. Like, I like it, but it's not like a, oh, my God, like, a, I know all of the songs. I'm going to tell you every single lyric. I was like, it didn't hit me that hard. It's not like, a, for example, like for me, Sing Street hit me really hard. Yes, Sing Street is amazing. It's it's in the same vein as Sing Street, honestly. It's the same vein also because it's it's going to be a it's going to be a cult movie mm-hmm. it already is really a cult movie it is and so like uh that's the thing that was like it's not kind of like sing street like for me sing street has a lot of like memorable songs and it has a really great story as well but i remember more of the songs on sing street even though on sing street there's like maybe like five songs and not a lot of songs in sing street but i like this i like this movie like uh don't get me wrong it's a good movie but it's not like I will, I will just pop it. I was like, oh my God. Or like, it's not like oh, when I saw Sing Street that I immediately downloaded the soundtrack. That, like, that's, that, that's the way that I judge musicals. It's not like also like for me, a super divisive musical, the thing that I'm going to say, The Greatest Showman. For me, I don't give a fuck about the real life person. I love the, the songs and I love the movie. Yeah, because it's by the same guys that did La La Land and Dear Evan Hansen, which are both excellent scores uh-huh. or excellent just music in general say what you will about the uh la la land as a movie you can't deny that the music isn't good uh... for the most part <laughs> yeah I was like, one day we'll get to la la land that's a really it's gonna be a hard one to discuss we'll try we'll, we'll try to get scott mance oh that will be cool i'll, I'll try i'll try to get scott oh do you, you think that he will take it if i if we say something against it no, he's a critic. Nice. <laughs> he can he can take he can take these uh, you know, criticisms because he himself dishes them out. Yeah, that's true. So Ooh, also another one I would love for him to get is uh Parasite. If we ever get to Parasite. <sighs> no, no, no. Yeah, we're planning ahead. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, Parasite? I, I have I have not I have not mentioned two more things. Or one more thing, and then I'm going to give my score, which you will be surprised. Um, I also just love that the movie is only 98 minutes long. So it's just... Yeah, really short. It's only hour 38 minutes, so you can just pop it on. It's great during the holidays. Um, Halloween or Christmas, honestly. And it's very much like in that same vein as uh, Nightmare Before Christmas where either time works and it's very short and it's just a great experience overall which is why I'm going to give Anna and the Apocalypse a 10 out of 10 <gasps> yeah my first 10 out of 10 is for Anna and the Apocalypse holy crap oh my god Christopher Nolan just got a heart attack <laughs> I know it's so particular, but it, to me, the film just feels for the most part timeless. 
And that's a big, big factor for me. I'm not going to pretend that it was perfect, but it was perfect for me. Don't worry, Mr. Nolan. Billy will watch Tenet whenever it comes out on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, no, I got, I, got a, I got a 10 out of 10 Nolan film, but it's not the one that you expect. Ooh. Is it The Prestige? Yeah, it's The Prestige. Of course. I, I, I love The Prestige. It's my, fa- it's, my, it's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Mm, you know what my favorite one is, and then, and then of course, followed by The Dark Knight, of course, which that's another. Ten. Uh, that's also now a ten out of ten, because you know some time has passed. You know what my favorite one is, Interstellar. Uh, oh God! Of course, a divisive one. <laughs> Murph, Murph, yeah, but how much Murph? Holy crap! I'm really impressed, and especially because yeah. I was like, damn, like you went up. I was like, wow, I give it an A, you're at 10. I was like, damn. Yeah, I really, really like this movie. Usually I wait like a couple of years before I give something a 10 out of 10. But if it feels very timeless, like the first time I ever saw Beauty and the Beast or The Lion King, I was a, I was a young kid, but I knew that it was going to be timeless and that I would I would love to just immediately watch it again. Yeah. It's one of those movies for me. And it is definitely going to be a staple in my household, at least for me. And just all those things, I couldn't really dislike much. And yeah, I decided to give it a a 10 out of 10 for those reasons. No, no, like I said, like um, maybe I will need to rewatch it again, maybe like a year, like next Christmas, just to see it on a different point of view. But it's a really good movie. I will also recommend it. But like for me, as a musical, it's okay. As a movie, it's really good. But I was like, I'm really impressed that Billy gave it a 10. And also, are we going to tease the next one or we're we just going to leave it like that? Um, We can say it. And I'm going to give a shout out, actually to my friend Sabrina Ramirez um, and specifically uh, my friend Pardis. He loves this movie so much. There's a, there's another one in there, BCD. He's the total simp of Sabrina. And he, he always posts a lot of... He, he, he tends to write a lot and it's it's very cool. It's very He's very passionate. And they love this movie so much and I would be remiss if I didn't give them a shout out Sabrina has been making awesome content and she's just a a wonderful person. If you ever get the chance to just like talk to her on Twitter or whatever, just highly recommend it. She's a really good person. No, she's really nice. She's really cool. You want to tell them what we're doing? Oh, yes. We're going to close out the year. Yeah, we're going to do is the last episode that we're going to do this year. We're going to do a little movie. Also talking about a kind of like a small movie that is getting recognition until years later, we're going to do Arthur Christmas. I cannot wait to talk about this movie. This, this movie. Oh my God. We will, we will get to it next time when we get there. Especially the thing that we said at the end, we're going to say which one is better Klaus or Arthur Christmas. It's going to get good. Ooh. Yeah. We're, we're going to have a heated heated discussion about that. So you can follow me on Twitter at bbusterbill. All 
all the bees are capitalized and you can follow me on instagram at billy batson's lightning you can also follow the podcast twitter at syns pod raul oh he i really like when he when he brings up the podcast twitter and also you can leave us a like uh you can also leave us a comment uh you can send us a dm kind of like a request also like i said in past episodes if you want to send us some money to do the last jedi episode just to pressure no, him even more. No, just a voice message on Anchor would be fine, or a like and a tweet, or a yeah. retweet, yeah, whatever. Just anything to put out the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. Try to spread it as far as you can. It every every like and review helps so much. We really appreciate. Yeah, it. we really appreciate the it. people that do it, and we know who you are. Like we we, we discuss you guys all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also if there's kind of like a millionaire that listens to the podcast, uh, Raul has a lot of debt, so it would be cool like to pay those debts. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me at Raul Vero RDC. Nothing is capitalized. I don't know why I went to the Billy way. Nothing is capitalized. Uh, you can find me on Stardust, uh, on Stardust, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and then Letterboxd also as well. And like as always, see you next summer. There's no such thing as a good podcast. Ooh, ooh. There's no such thing as a Hollywood podcast. Ooh, done. Except ours. Except ours. Ah, good ending. <laughs> done. <laughs>